Welcome back to the Influencer Podcast. Today, we have one of the best in the book coaching business, Robin Colucci, on today. Now, she helps world-class experts write world-changing books. Her clients have been published by some of the big five publishing houses, and then others have self-published as well. They have gone on to appear on Amazon US Today and the New York Times bestsellers list. I loved this conversation because what Robin did was that she made this what sometimes seemed to feel overwhelming world of book publishing really easy to understand. Robin really shares with us some amazing things like the process of book writing, the key steps to writing a book, her process of coaching people through writing a book, how to get a book idea published when you don't have a large audience, how to actually craft a book's message into profitable sales. She shares about where books realistically should be fitting in your whole marketing and business goals to align expectations. Uh, what the easiest book to write is, and how to overcome resistance when it comes to writing. This is a really informative episode. If you are someone who has ever had just a tinge of an idea to want to write a book, this is the episode for you. So later this year, I'm going to be opening up the doors finally again to my monthly coaching membership, Shine. And if you have heard about it, if you haven't heard about it yet, but you want to learn more about it, you can go ahead and head over to the waitlist page at juliesolomon.net slash shine waitlist. Once you go there, you can add your information to receive more information about Shine. And there's also going to be a free PDF on that page that you can download that's going to tell you a lot of information as well. So I don't want you to miss out on getting into this waitlist because that's going to be the only way that you actually are going to have an opportunity to access membership once we open the doors, meaning if your name is not on that waitlist list, then you are not going to gain access to be able to become a member of Shine once we open the doors again. So again, that is juliesolomon.net slash Shine waitlist. Head on over. And if you have any questions, you can hit us up over at support at juliesolomon.net. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist, brand building expert, speaker, and New York Times bestselling publicist. This is where I take you behind the scenes with today's top influencers, industry insiders, and entrepreneurs as they share step-by-step -step strategies to help you turn your online dreams into a purposeful and profitable business. Hello, Robin. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. I'm excited to be here. Me too. And I'm excited to talk about one of my favorite topics, which is books, all, all good things, books and publishing. Um, how did you get not only into this world, but how did you really niche down to become this expert in helping people write incredible books? Yeah, well, that's a great question. And I'll try to give you the Reader's Digest version because, of course, like <laughs> all good stories, there's many detours and, <laughs> and uh, you know, odd, odd things along the way. But basically, I uh, had always felt drawn towards writing and as long as I could remember. And when I finally got to college, I... Uh, I went to George Washington University in, in D.C., and I majored in journalism. And while I was in school, I worked for the GW Hatchet, which was our paper. 
And I also was an editor on the literary magazine, the GW Review. And then I also had the best part-time job that any college journalism major could have, which is I worked for the Washington Post as a news aide for most of my college career. And so that gave me incredible experience and insight into journalism at the at really the highest levels. And while I was there, Ben Bradley was still the executive editor. Bob Woodward was still a reporter. Um, and I'm it wasn't the 70s. I'm not that old, but it was the 80s. <laughs> uh, you know, Catherine Graham still came to work every day. And, uh, and so I got to work among and speak with a lot of these incredible journalists and columnists and just be there for reporting some of the key moments of our history, really, um, you know, when uh, during the 1984 presidential election, I was there also when the Challenger exploded, I was actually in the newsroom and and got to witness in the, an incredible human moment of, you know, we were just all kind of at various points in the newsroom gathered around a television watching the launch, which was always so exciting and fun to watch and then seeing it blow up. And then there was this pause of about 30 seconds where the newsroom went completely still and silent. And then all of a sudden you heard phones picking up and typing and phones ringing and everybody just got to work and uh, nobody stopped working until the paper was out. And then, and then everybody, you know, had that, were able to have that, you know, let the emotion come through. So I got to see incredible things. So much for the Reader's Digest version, Julie. I guess I got <laughs> caught up in that moment. But anyway. Well, that, and that's really fascinating because it, 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 I would love to know how did that experience working in media and working in journalism, and obviously it's changed so much, how did that translate into books and storytelling and messaging and, and you really being able to help, you know, authors craft that? Yeah, well, a great question. And what happened was, right when I was getting ready to graduate college, the chairman of my department called me into his office, journalism, and he said, uh, I've re recommended you for a job with the New York Times bestselling author. And if he offers you the job, I think you should leave the post to take it. And I thought that was an audacious thing to say, because not only was I working as a news aide, but I was doing some freelance reporting for the post and having quite a good time. And uh, I, I was, I thought, really, you know, <laughs> he says, just, just go with an open mind. So I went and it turned out that the meeting was, was with a gentleman by the name of David Wise, who it turned out was one of the world's leading experts on espionage in the cold war. And uh, he had written the very first expose that was ever written about the CIA and several books after. And his background had been journalism also. He had actually been, uh, he covered the Kennedy campaign. He, his very first interview was interviewing Winston, Winston Churchill when he, <laughs> so when he was fresh out of Columbia Journalism School. So he had an interesting life too. But anyway, so I, I, I did get the job and I did leave the post to take it. And during the three years that I worked for him, I helped him to uh, research, edit, and a little bit even write. Um, three books in three years. So needless to say, 
it was a really interesting job. And um, what happened was the, the plan was, and I loved it, by the way, I loved it. And, he, you know, he, he recognized that I was a natural editor, that I really had a good sense of what books need. But the deal was at the end of my time working for him, he was going to, he helped me get a newspaper reporting job because that's what I had, that was my original goal. And so he did that. And I ended up working for a paper in central Florida. And I was there for about 18 months, basically long enough to recognize that the standards of journalism that I had come to be accustomed to, being a journalism student at GW, working for the Washington Post, and then later working for David Wise, who was also fundamentally a premier investigative reporter. Those those standards don't translate to every paper, (laughs) every journalistic outlet. And I was mortified at um, the attitudes that I had, that I encountered of, of not really, you know, there was a lot of um, kind of, how do I put it? Like there was a lot of pressure to try to make a story seem bigger than it was so that you could get more attention. Mm. And that's not how we play. That's not how we played up in DC. <laughs> at least not with the people that I was working with. And so I didn't like that. I didn't like the hours. I didn't like the terrible pay. And I, I figured I was done with publishing. I was like, forget this. And I left Florida, moved to Colorado. And that's a whole nother tangential story that we don't need here. But basically it was anywhere but Florida. And, <laughs> and so, and I ended up founding, building, growing, and ultimately selling a personal fitness training business over the next 10 years. And I really thought I was done with publishing. And it was a lot of fun. The reason I sold it was because I recognized, I had a feeling that I was supposed to be doing something else, that while being a fitness trainer and having, I had a staff of eight employees in a commercial location. It was very successful. But I just knew it wasn't my calling. And so I was going to be a business coach for wellness professionals because I had learned a great deal about how to run it and grow a successful business. And I noticed in my 10 years of, of networking with other fitness professionals and wellness professionals that they often had brilliant ideas and insight and value to share, but they were terrible at business. They, they really, they were afraid to ask for money and you know, they, they, yeah. weren't really, they just didn't understand how to market themselves. And, you know, my journalism training, like I learned all about how to find the hook, you know, and how to position the story. So it's interesting to people and things like that. And so, which I know, you know, from your PR background as well. Mm-hmm. And so I decided I'm going to be a business coach for wellness professionals. And I started to do that and they started to get great results, which was fun. But then a really interesting thing happened, which was some of my clients started to say to me, you know, what I really want to do is write a book. And I was like, oh, totally, totally can help you with that. And so I ended up helping a couple of my clients write books, um, one very successfully self-published, another very successfully uh, got a book deal with John Wiley and uh, you know, had a really successful best-selling book. And so, um, and I remembered how much fun books were. And I, and I, and I recognized, oh, it wasn't publishing. I was done with it. It was just newspapers. Mm. <laughs> and, 
And really the most fun that I ever had was, was helping David write his books. And I knew how to do it. And I knew how to work with agents and I knew how to work with publishing houses. And I, and like everything I learned in the three years I spent with David Wise really became the foundation of everything I do even today. Um, because, you know, the publishing industry was kind of a slow changing beast. So yes. most of what, what worked then still works now, you know, it's just a little different, but yeah. So that's, that's the journey. <laughs> yes. And I would love to know, kind of diving more into that process a little bit, as I know that you are a coach kind of in this way that you really help people, you know, figure out how to not only get published, but to actually how to write books that have an impact and that have a story and a message and connect to the reader and really um, improves the lives of the people that are reading it. So walk us through kind of that process, if you will, um, of, of how that kind of works from the first time that someone starts to work with you, whether that's the first phone call to the time the manuscript is going in for their final edit. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. So really what happens is that first and foremost, um, I do not start with writing. Um, so it's really about the very early conversations are to find out uh, why this person wants to write a book. What are the outcomes that they're looking for, both personally, professionally, and then, you know, the impact that they want to have um, in the world? Because to me, that is my purpose is to help people take ideas that are usually only shared with other, with, you know, these, the people I work with have incredible levels of experience and expertise. I work with some of the top experts in the world across various verticals, um, you know, business, health, fitness, science, um, space travel. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I work with a lot of really incredible people. And what normally happens is they're having these conversations and sharing this value that, of, of what they have to, to offer with their peers, right? And they're sharing it at conferences and they're sharing it in jargon. And so my job is to help unlock that value and frame it in a way that it connects to the mass market and what what the mass market readership already knows they're looking for, something that's already keeping them up at night. And we want to formulate that content in a way that it engages the mass market and is, and is entertaining and easy to understand and fun to read and motivating, hopefully motivating, right, to get them to act upon what they learn, whether it's in their personal lives or becoming part of a movement. And and because that is how I believe that books actually change the world, right? We, we can bring new information to people that changes the paradigm of how they're thinking, which then will change their behavior. And it's through that that we can change the world and actually make it better, a better place to live for everyone and every, every sentient being here. And so that's what gets me up every morning. That's what excites me and motivates me. And so the first thing that I'm looking to find out is, does this person have a message that, that I believe in, right? Does this person, is this person, is this person's idea of making the world better similar enough to mine that I, I can get behind it, right? That's first of all, 
Yeah. Um, and then looking at, so how can we get the message out in a way that also supports their achieving their purpose and their mission and what they want to get done in the world? Um, and that can look like a lot of different things. Um, and so, you know, I always look at it like the book is a tool to help you achieve your bigger goals. The, the book itself can, should be part of the big goal. But for my clients, none of them want to be professional writers, right? They're all up to something else. You know, they're, they're making massive scientific discoveries or they're, um, you know, I've got one client who's figured out how to regrow, rapidly regrow, regrow corals to rebuild our reefs. You know what I'm saying? This guy doesn't right. need to be a professional writer. <laughs> like right. That would be right. a detour. So, you know, we're, we're looking at how can we utilize the book as a tool to help you further your bigger aims. Um, and we're also looking at uh, what makes this book unique and how, you know, how do we need to frame the message so that it's new and fresh um, which, you know, this can be a challenge often in the health and fitness space, for example. We need to find what's that unique angle that we can position the book to to get maximum impact and maximum uh, influence and attention to, for it. Can and you then, can you touch yeah. on that a little bit more? Like, you know, why is health and will, wellness, why is that a little bit more of a difficult challenge in that realm? Well, I think it's difficult because so many, you know, when it really comes down to it, um, the core principle of, you know, health and wellness is probably going to be related to what you eat and how much you move and how you move. Right. Right. And so it's, and there's so many voices and there's so many voices with, with huge, with enormous platforms that, you know, you've got everything from medical doctors to, you know, you've got everything from Dr. Oz to JJ Virgin to, you know, I mean, David Agus to, you know, there, there's just so many voices, credible voices, um, that it can be very, very difficult to carve out your spot where a publisher is going to say, oh my gosh, this is so new and exciting. We have to have this. Um, but there's lots of noisy areas, right? There's, there's dating and relationships has a ton of people. Um, business is getting a lot of, a lot of voices. So, uh, but there's always a way and that's, that's what we want to do before we start writing is figure out what is this author's unique take that will really make their book stand out. And once we figure that out, it's very easy to create the outline. And it's only then that we actually begin to write. So a lot of pre-work. Yeah. And during that pre-work time, what are some things that an author could be doing in order to help someone like you do your job to the best of your ability? <laughs> well, in the pre-work, the great thing is all they really have to do is answer a bunch of questions. <laughs> like, you know, like we're, we're actually, it's, 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 uh, it's something that can be done. I, I, I do a two-day workshop where I lead people through it or, or I can you know, do it with them privately over, over shorter calls and over a longer period. But either way, it's really about, it's, it's kind of almost a Socratic method, right? Of, mm -hmm. I ask some very specific questions and then based on the answers that either they provide or we find, um, a big part of the unique, uh, finding that unique angle is looking at what else is out there 
and uh, what is being said currently, what people are buying currently, and then looking at how are we going to come at this in a different way uh, so that so that their book stands out. Hmm. But, and you know, that's, that's the part that is usually the part that most people are the most intimidated by is like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, but who am I to write a book? And there's so many wonderful experts and they have so much, you know, they're so much more well-known and their household names and I'm not a household name and all that stuff comes up. What I find though, is once we nail it down and once we figure out what actually does make this message unique, it's a huge confidence boost. Mm. And is that how you would say, because the other question I wanted to ask you is this idea, because I hear it a lot of this resistance to actually sitting down to write. And, you know, I have writer's block. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to say. I have these ideas, but pen to paper, I'm having a hard time. Mm -hmm. Is this how people can start to kind of overcome that resistance to the writing and to doing the work? Well, exactly. Because once you know what what you are going to say and why you're saying it, then that does help remove a great deal of resistance because when we have, when we know what the concept is, then we can build the outline. And I think, I personally think the easiest kind of book to write is a nonfiction book that's based on your expertise because Mm -hmm. you actually have all the answers, right? You know what you're writing. I think it's much harder to write like a, you know, an essay kind of thing where you're sort of trying to pull in other people's ideas or, um, or, you know, autobiographical stuff um, that, that has like a bigger social message is very difficult. Right. Or like even a memoir, I would think. Yeah. A memoir. I mean, if you, if you, if you can zero in on the the time frame that you're, that you're writing about, and again, mm. that's the focus. Memoir is actually not that hard either, but. Um, but zeroing in would be key. So it's not like here yeah. is an autobiography of my entire life. Everything I ever did. Exactly. Right. You want to, you want to give it a focus. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think that really, um, what stops people isn't so much not knowing what to say. It's not understanding that there's no other way to do it, but to make the time to do it. That's the biggest roadblock that that my clients struggle with. Mm -hmm. You have to carve out the time. There's not going to be a magic moment where you're sitting around with nothing to do and you think, I know, I'll just write my book, right? It doesn't go that way. Like you actually have to carve out protected time. And this is challenging because I work with CEOs of billion dollar companies, right? I work with um, people who have ridiculous uh, speaking schedules, you know, that they're right. speaking like every other day, literally sometimes. Um, it's not easy, but it's, it's like, it's like getting pregnant. You know, you're a mom. There's no mm-hmm. perfect time, right? There's no perfect right. time to have a baby. Like you're right. carrying it around inside you. It's going to come out. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Whether you, you're ready for it or not. Here exactly. it comes. Well, right. books are the same way, except you can stop it. <laughs> that is right. true. But, you know, if you really want to be who you say you want to be in the world, you've got to find a way to overcome that resistance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that part of the resistance, and I notice people again, no matter how high level they are, I think there's an element of that, uh, fear of, you know, who am I to write a book? I call it the fraud factor. Um, and you'd be shocked, you know, at 
how, how many qualified, like ridiculously qualified people go have that moment, um, even if it's just brief. So I think that there is some element of that. Um, there's an element of like anxiety of how it's going to be received. You know, is it as good as I think it is? <laughs> and, you know, the only way to find out is, well, first of all, if, if, you, if you have a really good coach, you know, no, no good coach is going to let you put out a piece of crap, right? So it's right. going to be good. Um, but, you know, really it's, um, it's just, it's a matter of just trusting the process and allowing yourself to, to engage in the process and insisting with yourself that you engage in the process Mm. and doing it over and over until it's done. And then you get to have the, to your surprise and delight that people love your book. (laughs) Right. And it is a pretty baby. It's not an ugly baby. (laughs) Hey, just wanted to pop in quickly and make sure that you knew about my free masterclass that I have currently going on that is all about one of my favorite topics, pitching. This free masterclass is going to help you go from crickets to landing bankable collaborations. I also teach you my five favorite pitch strategies that can help you land your first 5k brand deal. All you have to do is head over to pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. Again, that's pitchitperfect.net forward slash webinar. And what would be just your personal, from your own experience, just your personal opinion with, you know, that fraud that comes up, do you have to be someone who is the top in their field or the, the, the biggest expert or the biggest celebrity or what have you to actually write a book? I mean, can you be somebody who just has this passion and this story and this message to want to get it out? Now, this is different than me asking you, can they get the book published with right. one of the top fives? But I mean, in this day and age, you can self-publish. There's Amazon. There's so many different ways to actually publish a book now Absolutely. that I don't even think people realize because they just, they hear Simon & Schuster or Harper Collins, and mm. and they're like, well, how am I even going to get to that? Because I have no... I have no audience. I have no expertise or, you know, so, so what is your advice when it comes to that? Well, that's a, that's a big question. So I'll do my best to answer it. Cause, cause actually I, I have very strong opinions about this. So uh, <laughs> I'll, first of all, Good. we love strong opinions, right? Okay. So, so yes, that top tier, I'm going to, I'm going to just kind of work my way down. Right. So that top tier, big five publishers, I, you know, I have some clients who, who work at that level and you're right. You have to have a really big following. You have to have a, a huge message that, that speaks to millions of people, right. And, 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 uh, can really reach those, those heights. Um, there's a lot of books that get published under that line. Right. And that also, by the way, do change the world and do have an impact and, and can, be also life-changing for the author. And so the next level down is there's there's a, a lot of other traditional presses, right? That maybe don't write six and seven figure advances, but they can get your book out and it's credible and you can get in bookstores and the bar is much lower there. You know, we call that like mid-list uh, publishing. And and there's still traditional publishers that that will take on someone with a more moderate platform if they've got a great message. And a lot of my clients go that route and do very well. And they're able to accomplish their aims and to get a traditional book deal without, you know, hitting that six and seven figure advance that some of my clients do qualify for. 
but very few, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just a thing. Okay. So right. then the next level down is and not down. First of all, I want to make it clear. I look at this as all of these decisions should be made strategically, not based on what, whether you think you're good enough or what you think you can or can't have or should or shouldn't have. This is really about what do you need the book to be for you to realize your vision and understand that if you need a seven figure book deal at, you know, with a big five house, that you are going to make more sacrifices and put in more effort than the person who's going to be okay with a smaller independent press or self-publishing. It's going to be a different equation, right? But if it's what you have to do to realize your vision and your mission overall, then that's exactly what you should do, right? And, and so it's, it, it's really should be about you and what, what impact you intend to have on the world and what you're willing to do to have that impact. Mm. Um, now having said that, so on the self-publishing level, so I have clients who, who want to get a book out quickly. They have a, or, or they have a very specific audience in mind that maybe isn't that big. Maybe they're, maybe they're a very high level consultant for a very tiny, uh, group of people who are in a very specific kind of situation. Uh, you know, there, there could be, um, all kinds of, of really good reasons to self-publish. And my only criteria for that is whether you are self-publishing or sending your book to a top five publisher, there's no excuse to write a shitty book, pardon my French. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> Agreed. So, so the clients that I work with, whether they're self-publishing or traditionally published, the reader should have the same quality experience and, um, which is excellent. And so, uh, you know, for, for it's really, you know, as long as you're writing an excellent book and you're publishing it in a way that makes sense for your aims, then, then that's a great thing to do and you should do it. And the, and the only other thing I want to add is that this very big, what you were saying about somebody who doesn't have a lot of experience yet. Right. And they just, they just want to get their message out. Right. So now in terms of someone who just wants to tell a story that they can like give to their grandkids. That's not my area. There right. are there are definitely coaches who, who help with that. And I, and I see value in it. It's just not the people I work with, but I've, I've just recently, and actually it's not even launched yet. We're going to launch it um, in the next couple of weeks, but I've just recently come up with a solution for people who are just getting started. Like, so this is, this would be, and, and this is so important because there's, there's a lot of book coaches out there who are selling this idea of like, you have to write a book so that you can establish your business, your, your new coaching business. And I think that this is a very big disservice Mm. to the new coach, the person who maybe has left a corporate job and they want to start coaching, or maybe it's the coach who's had a business for a while but they're still not making six figures. They're still struggling. And the fact is, if someone is, someone is in either of those situations, writing a full-length book is not only a bad idea, it could be a very detrimental move to their ultimate success. Because writing a full-length book takes a great deal of time. And to do it right, you're going to spend a lot of money on resources, right, of high-quality editors, 
high quality book coach, high quality production, right? And marketing right. and like if you're doing and if you're self-publishing or trying to get traditionally published, you're gonna spend a lot of money promoting that thing. Right. And so I say, I have turned Julie, I have turned away literally hundreds of people who come to me in that situation. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I said to them, you know, you're not ready. I, I, I love your ideas. I love your energy. You seem like an amazing person. Go grow your coaching practice and then come back when you're ready. And I'd love to chat with you about working together. Well, isn't that a terrible, that's just a horrible answer. It's like, <laughs> it's, that's not helpful. Go get ready. How right. do I play? Well, right. find a coach to help. I don't, uh, you know, like I don't figure it out. I don't know. Right? right. Oh my God. And I never felt good about it, but I seriously, I just was like, I can't solve them a program to do a full length book. That would be immoral. Like that, that would, they're going to waste, they're going to feel productive because they're writing a book, but it's going to prevent them from doing what they need to do, which is go get clients. Right. right. And document, you know, whatever it is like they, they need to, they need to get clients, get, get visible, get, you know, they, they need to do a lot of foundational work before a full-length book makes sense. Right. So then finally, duh, it was actually a former client of mine who said to me, well, why don't you just help people write a booklet? And I'm hmm. like, what, a booklet? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Like they could just like write it in four or five hours and then, you know, you could help them produce it. And then they'd have like a piece that they could sell you know, or, or do like a free plus shipping offer, build their list, build their authority. I'm like, Oh, holy. Yes. There you go. So I wrote, I wrote the booklet, the high profit book blueprint. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Which I wanted to ask you about, you know, how, because a lot of our listeners are those that, you know, they're, you know, they're just kind of starting out in whatever their entrepreneurial endeavor would be or is to then be able to one day write a book. Mm-hmm. And so having a blueprint like this, I think would be so helpful. So I would love for you to kind of share what it is and, and how people can, can use it, especially if in, they're in that stage. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've, I've written a booklet as the start, right. And, um, they, they you can, you, you will be able to find it on my website by March 31st at the latest. So just, just, but it, it'll be robincolucci.com forward slash booklet. And there'll be a very detailed description of like literally some of the nuggets that you get by page number, you know, like, like things that you can find. Actually, you want me to call up a couple, you give it, get an idea. Um, but like, I'm going to have why writing a booklet, which is 15% the size of a full length book can earn you 85% more profit in 30 days. Um, four simple steps to finding the big idea for your booklet to make it stand out from everyone else's work. Um, how to get your reader to stop listening to other experts in your field and listen to, to you, to you instead. That's on page 23. Amazing. Um, you know, so like literally, um, it breaks down, um, why you shouldn't write a full length book. Like, like what are the circumstances where you shouldn't, what you can do with a booklet and how to do it. And I literally provide a template for exactly like what chapter one needs to be all the way through the chapter 10 of your booklet that you write. Amazing. And then I get into like how to, you know, how to market it. Um, and you know, just how you can use it 
to grow your business, to attract dream clients and grow your business. And that's, and, and do it in like 30 days mm. if you want, if you really like work on it every day. Right. Right. I mean, even if it took six or eight weeks, it's still, I mean, you know, writing a full length book, minimum three months. Right. Um, and that's, you know, if you really are working on it every single day. So, and then, you know, and all, everything's, everything's less. The, the production cost is lower. The editing cost is lower. The turnaround times are shorter. And really for someone who is trying to get something off the ground, that's the appropriate choice. Do a booklet, get it going, build your expertise. Because frankly, if you're a brand new coach, you don't have enough anecdotes to, you know? Right. Like you need to actually know for sure that what you're, what you're recommending works. That right. means you've got to do it over and over and over again with hundreds and hundreds of people for, to justify a full length book. Right. So, um, so I'm super excited about it because I get to stop giving that lame answer to people. <laughs> um, and because, you know, I, I'm, I'm really all about like shaking things up in that, like if, if, if there's people out there being led in the wrong direction, that's not really supporting them. I love that. I now have an alternative that I can say here, this is, you know, this is the vitamin that you need right now. You know, right. don't, don't, you don't have to worry about buying all those other supplements. Just, this is the vitamin that will get you, uh, to that next stage. And, um, so I'm super, super excited about it. And that's what I recommend for if you don't have a following yet, if you're fresh out of corporate or fresh out of your, you know, coaching certification course that you took, or you're just transitioning, that's the way to go. Do the booklet, get something in your hands fast that you can start using right away. I love that. And we're going to make sure to put in the show notes where they can get that blueprint um, once it is available. And you said it was March. Yeah, I'll have it by March 31st. And I'll tell you what, I will, um, as soon as it goes live, Julie, I'll send you the link. Perfect. And so then that way um, you'll, you'll be able to share it with, with your people. Awesome. And by the way, I'm giving it away off my webpage. So the first so thousand copies I'm giving away, it's going to be a free plus shipping. I'm not even charging what it costs me to print the booklet. I'm just, just, I just don't want to lose money on the shipping. So of course, <laughs> and, it's, and it's the actual postage fee. Like I'm not, I'm not profiting from it at all. Right. But, um, and so the first thousand copies are going to be give, given away. So definitely uh, I'll get you the link as soon as it's live. So your people can have a chance to get in on that deal. Amazing. I can't wait. They're going to love that so much. Um, Robin, what does influence mean to you? Oh boy. Um, what a great question. I think influence means the ability to open people's minds to something new that they hadn't thought of. Mm, I love that. That's so good. It's All right. Yes. Helpful, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin, thank you so much for coming on today and just sharing your really unique and much needed uh, coaching expertise and guidance and process. Um, I think that you are able to really map this out in a way that is digestible 
which I think because this whole idea of book publishing is it's so overwhelming for so many people. Um, and I really appreciate you coming on and just being frank and honest and, and showing us that roadmap. Um, where can people find you if they want to, obviously we know the, the blueprint, which I'm so excited about, but, um, if they're curious about working with you and what that would look like and just all of the different resources that you offer, where can we find that information? Just robincolucci.com. And I have a, if you click on contact, you can fill out a contact form, or I also have a work with me where you can fill out an application. And, um, you know, I promise whether, you know, like if you fill out an application, I read every single application. And, um, I will, we'll either get on a call and, and brainstorm your best next actions. Or if, uh, if I don't think I'm the right person to be able to help you, then I will personally email you and, um, give you some ideas of of what would be the best uh, place for you to look. Amazing. Well, thank you again, Robin, so much for coming on with us and just sharing your goodness. And um, I can't wait to see what everyone thinks about this. As always, guys, if there were parts of this conversation that resonated with you or that allowed you to kind of see this whole world in a different way or gave you a sense of direction on the next steps you need to take, uh, please make sure to screenshot this episode um, on Instagram, if you're on there, tag me at Joel Solomon, hashtag the influencer podcast. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was um, because we love to see that. And then we can share them on our stories as well. So thank you again so much, Robin, for being here. And I so appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram, head on over to our Facebook group at the influencer podcast, and let me know your thoughts about today's show. All right. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.